readers to the Broke Bookworm podcast. I hope today's episode finds you well. This is episode six, and I meant to record this episode last week, but my husband and I took a very much needed trip um, out of town. So I postponed it to this week. It's fine. So out of the five episodes I've recorded so far, the first episode where I did like a really short like book recommendations list has received the most listens when I look at my analytics. And it's the one that when I get messages from friends about my podcast, they're usually referencing that episode. So it did pretty well, which I was very surprised about. So I figured I'd do another one. <laughs> um, I, I, love, I love giving book recommendations. I feel like it's my love language and I just, I love it. I feel like I'm giving a gift to someone, so. I'm excited to give you guys more recommendations. I feel like it also gives you a really good peek into the type of books that I read in my reading style. Um, it also calls me out a little bit, but it's fine. So like last time, this list um, it has some pretty varied genres. I've got fantasy, romance, nonfiction, thriller, and horror on this list. And I kept this one down to five books, just like the last one. I feel like five is a really good number because it's not too short that it's boring, but it's not so big that you're like overloaded with information and it's easy to kind of keep track of. So these are in no particular order and I'm giving you little tiny reviews of them, but they're going to be spoiler free reviews and they're not like huge in-depth reviews. It's just kind of like a, this is what I thought of the book. This is why I think you should read it. So these are spoiler free. So you're safe. So without further ado, let's get started. So first up, the first book I thought of when I was making this list was a book that I read earlier this year called That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly Lemming. And if you're like me, I read that title and I was like, my interest is piqued. And so I, I had to read it as soon as I heard about it. So this book was released last year in 2021. It is a fantasy romance and it is a very quick read. It comes in at 182 pages. Um, I don't know if I would make it a novella technically, but I mean, it's, it's a pretty short novel, so it's a very easy read. And I have the synopsis pulled up for you. So I'll read the synopsis for you real quick and then I'll give you my two cents about it. All I wanted to do was live my life in peace. Maybe get a cat, expand my spice farm, really anything that doesn't involve going on a quest where an orc might rip my face off. But they say the goddess has favorites. If so, I am clearly not one of them. After saving the demon Fallon in a wine-drunk stupor, all he wanted to do was kill an evil witch enslaving his people. I mean, I get it, don't get me wrong, but he's dragging me along for the ride and I'm kind of peeved about it. On the bright side, he keeps burning his shirt off. I love that synopsis. It's it describes the book very well. Um, before I go on, please note that this is definitely an 18 plus romance novel. Um, like, yeah, it's an adult romance novel, but please emphasis on the adult. Um, there are some hanky panky scenes that are they do go into a bit of detail. Um, so just be aware of that on a spicy scale, spicy meaning like how much like detailed sex there is. I'd give it like three out of five peppers on the spicy scale. One pepper being like, eh, it's got some like fade to black scenes and five being like very graphic, in-depth scenes. So I'd give it like a three out of five peppers on that scale. And that kind of just outed me for the type of romance books that I've read. But listen, judge, lest not ye be judged. Like, 
people were flocking in droves to see the Fifty Shades of Grey movies and to read the Fifty Shades of Grey books, which were really just really shitty BDSM books. So don't judge a girl, okay? I just want to get that out there. I just want to get that off my chest. So this was the first book by Kimberly Lemming that I've read, and she's actually a part of a book club that I'm in. <laughs> And I love that. Um, so it's pretty cool. I've gotten to like talk to her. I commented on one of our Discord threads about how much I loved one of her books and she like replied to it. I about like shit my pants. I was so excited. But I love this book. It's got romance. It's got fantasy. It's really lighthearted and it's funny. Um, the main character, her name is Cinnamon. First off, amazing. And like I, I, I adore her and how she doesn't take life too seriously and it was such like a welcome breath of fresh air from the usual fantasy novels that I read. A lot of the fantasy novels that I've read are like either part of a really big series and it's like an endeavor to read it or they're just like one off little books that are just like they don't really have a storyline. You just kind of read it for the smut. So I feel like this is a wonderful middle ground. Like it's very lighthearted and it's easy to get through, but it also has really good world building and it does this really amazing job of telling this fantasy story with like a goddess and demons and other creatures but it does that all without being too like overwhelming and I often find myself having a really hard time keeping up with the lore and fantasy novels but this one was an exception and I really appreciated that um, I really loved Cinnamon and Fallon's dialogue and their banter I loved that there was like some modern slang that was included. Um, she has a sequel to this. I, I say it's a sequel. You could probably read it without having read this first book. It just takes place in the same universe. Um, but the next book in this series, because it's called the Mead Mishaps, that's what like the series is kind of called the Mead Mishaps, this universe. Um, the second book is called That Time I Got Drunk and Yeeted a Love Potion at a Werewolf. And it follows Cinnamon's best friend named Bree. And you don't really necessarily have to have read The Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon um, before you read that one. But like Cinnamon and Fallon are kind of mentioned and are in the second book. So either way, I highly, highly recommend this for any fantasy romance readers out there. I loved it. It was a great time. Moving on, we have a horror book. And my neighbor, my lovely neighbor, chose this time to start hammering which is setting my dogs off. So I sincerely apologize if you hear that. Um, I would just re-record, but my husband is recording his podcast in like two hours. So we're just, we're just gonna push on, just ignore it. My next recommendation is Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. It was released in 2020. It is a horror slash thriller and it is 384 pages long. So it is a teensy, teensy, weensy bit like, long but not like super long um i've got the synopsis pulled up here it is a longer synopsis and i have i've mentioned this before i have a thing with books that have really long synopsis because it usually gives away plot points this one doesn't give like too much away but anyways okay here's a synopsis what was it like living in that house maggie holt is used to such questions 25 years ago, she and her parents, Ewan and Jess, moved into Bainberry Hall, a rambling Victorian estate in the Vermont woods. They spent three weeks there before fleeing in the dead of night, an ordeal Ewan later recounted in a nonfiction book called House of Horrors. His tale of ghostly happenings and encounters with malevolent spirits became a worldwide phenomenon, rivaling the Amityville horror in popularity and skepticism. 
Today, Maggie is a restorer of old homes and is too young to remember any of the events mentioned in her father's book. But she also doesn't believe a word of it. Ghosts, after all, don't exist. And when Maggie inherits Bainberry Hall after her father's death, she returns to renovate the place to prepare it for sale. But her homecoming is anything but warm. People from the past, chronicled in House of Horrors, lurk in the shadows, and locals aren't thrilled that their small town has been made infamous thanks to Maggie's father. Even more unnerving is Bainberry Hall itself, a place filled with relics from one era that hint at a history of dark deeds. As Maggie experiences strange occurrences straight out of her father's book, she starts to believe that what he wrote was more fact than fiction. So Riley Sager is becoming, I would say he's becoming pretty well known and a pretty well liked author in the horror slash thriller world. Um, I've been seeing his books gain popularity on Book Talk. Um, I've seen his books featured at bookstores. And this so far has been the only book of his that I've read, but I do have some of his other books on my TBR list. Um, I'm pretty sure the rest of his books are like thrillers. So I really loved reading this story. Um, it, the basis of it is a really cool idea. Um, the plot development and the writing is spectacular and it leaves you feeling creeped out. <laughs> that's like the horror element of it. Like you're kind of creeped out by some of the stuff that's happening in this house, but you're also intrigued as you follow along with Maggie to figure out what the hell is happening. And you're trying to figure out like, okay, did her dad, like, was he telling the truth? Did this stuff actually happen? Did he lie? Like there's still creepy shit going on. What's happening? And it's, it's really cool. And the writing is done very well. The chapters kind of bounce back and forth. Uh, between the present with Maggie and it has like excerpts and chapters from her dad's book, which I thought was really cool. And so you kind of get her dad's perspective on what happened, which is pretty interesting. It's got some really cool, colorful characters. And the answer to Maggie's questions, so like the big plot twist, isn't something that you can immediately figure out as the reader. And it's kind of hard to predict like the ending, which I appreciated because sometimes in a horror book or a thriller, um, the plot twists and the, the plot formulas can become very, very predictable. And I feel like that takes away from like the fun and the surprise of figuring out, you know, the end. And so I really appreciated this in this that in this story I didn't see the ending coming and I was very surprised by it and I don't want to give too much away <laughs> but I really enjoyed this book it was a very well-written horror with you know that thriller underneath it and it wasn't horror in the sense that I was like scared while I was reading it I was just kind of like I had the heebie-jeebies and was kind of creeped out I read it with the lights off I was fine <laughs> So, um, Home Before Dark by Riley Sager, great horror slash thriller. Next up is Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs by Caitlin Doty. So this book came out in 2020. It is a nonfiction and it comes in at 232 pages. And here's the synopsis. Everyone has questions about death. In Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs, best-selling author and mortician Caitlin Doty answers the most intriguing questions she's ever received about what happens to our bodies when we die. In a brisk, informative, and morbidly funny style, Doty explores everything from ancient Egyptian death rituals and the science of skeletons to flesh-eating insects and the proper depth at which to bury your pet if you want Fluffy to become a mummy. 
now featuring an interview with a clinical expert on discussing these issues with young people, the source of some of our most revealing questions about death. Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs confronts our common fear of dying with candid, honest, and hilarious facts about what awaits the body we leave behind. I know if you listened to my first recommendations list, I had I had one of Caitlin's books on that list, but she is such a great author and I really love her message that I had to include this book. Um, I told you guys in the first book recommendations video who Caitlin is and why I love her so much, but in case you missed it, Caitlin is a author, YouTuber, mortician, and death advocate. Um, she works very hard to inform the public about all things death related, such as death care, the history of the death industry, um, having like a more positive relationship with death and advocates just for like death education in general. And I really appreciate her and the work that she does. So this book takes questions that kids have about death because kids obviously have a lot of questions about death and it answers them in a very candid and matter-of-fact way without being morbid or scary because I know for like a lot of children obviously death is a very scary thing that they also don't understand a lot about and so this book is spectacular it makes death more approachable and less scary um, she does an amazing job about giving you scientific reasons why certain things happen after you die or you know giving you the history of certain death practices and she also dispels certain myths surrounding death such as as the book's namesake if i died home alone would my animals eat me <laughs> um i also appreciate that this book is funny and lighthearted, and that's just caitlin's personality in general she is a very funny person and she does such a spectacular job about addressing and writing about a topic that is so taboo and kind of like hush hush and doing it in a way that's very approachable and honest without being too scary if that makes sense so i i i appreciated the answers and explanations to all the questions that were included in this book and some of the questions are very thoughtful questions that i would not have thought of like kids thinking to ask will my cat eat my eyeballs amazing answers a lot of questions about what happens to your body after you die and questions you might have had about death or things that you never even thought of to think of in regards to death. So very informative. The next book I have is uh, the first book I read in 2021 at like the height of the pandemic. And it was the first book I'd read after not reading books for a really, really, really long time. Um, and it is Danger to Herself and Others by Alyssa B. Scheinmel. And I hope I pronounced that. Scheinmel? Scheinmel. I'm sorry. You guys know that I can't pronounce names. So this book came out in 2019. It is a young adult thriller and it is 341 pages long. But I promise you it is not going to feel like that. So the synopsis is four walls, one window, no way to escape. Hannah know there's, knows there's been a mistake. She didn't need to be institutionalized. What happened to her roommate at her summer program was an accident. As soon as the doctors and judge figure out that she isn't a danger to herself and others, she can go home and start her senior year. In the meantime, she's going to use her persuasive skills to get the staff on her side. Then Lucy arrives. Lucy has her own baggage, and she may be the only person who can get Hannah to confront the dangerous games and secrets that landed her in confinement in the first place. You guys, this book is so good, and that synopsis is 
wonderful. So this is classified as a young adult book. It's not like outwardly young adult, if that makes any sense. Like the main character, she's a teenager and I could definitely see older teens enjoying this. But some of the topics that are covered are like mental illness are like a, is like a very adult topic. So it's a it's like a contemporary young adult novel. This is a really good, well-written psychological thriller um, with an unreliable narrator. I love unreliable narrators. It makes the reading experience really, really fun and it keeps you on your toes because you don't know if you can trust Hannah. Like, you don't know. And it's got some twists and turns that I never saw coming. And I just... I, I love, I love that in a good psychological thriller. So basically, as the synopsis said, Hannah is a high schooler. Um, she was doing this summer art program when her friend and roommate um, had an accident. And due to the circumstances surrounding that accident, Hannah is institutionalized, but she doesn't feel like she should be because she doesn't think that she's a danger to others. This is a really interesting perspective on mental illness and specifically Hannah's mental illness because you kind of start to feel bad for her because she is convinced that there is no reason for her to be labeled as a danger and to be institutionalized. And She's trying to grapple with what her doctors are saying what happened, what the judge is saying what happened, what she thinks happened, and then like the reality of it all, like what really happened. And you really start to feel for Hannah. But then as the story progresses and things start happening, you, you kind of start to question her and the reality of the situation. And this was such a fun read. I... I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved every page. It definitely did not feel like 300 plus pages because I read it in like a day and a half. Um, so this book was really, really good. It got me back into reading. Really good if you want like kind of a thriller, psychological thriller, suspense sort of novel. Okay, so the last recommendation is technically a series. Now, hear me out. I know it's not just one book. I will talk about the first book, but I am recommending the series. <laughs> and that is the infamous A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Moss. Now, if you are on social media, like book talk or any sort of social media that involves books, um, you have probably seen or heard of this, or you've probably seen it all over the place at Target, Walmart, Barnes and Nobles. And there's a reason. So I bought the first book in this series. The first book is A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, I bought this last year because I kept seeing it all over the internet. And it sat around on my shelf for quite a while before I finally picked it up and read it. And I, oh, it changed my life. <laughs> so let me just, let me read you the synopsis for the first book. Um, cause I don't want to go through and take up too much time talking about every single book in this series. So I'll just give you the synopsis for the first book, but I'm, I'm definitely recommending the entire series for you. So here's a synopsis. When 19 year old huntress Feyre kills a wolf in the woods, a terrifying creature arrives to demand retribution. Dragged to a treacherous magical land she knows about only from legends, Feyre discovers that her captor is not truly a beast, but one of lethal, immortal fairies who once ruled her, her world. At least, he's not a beast all the time. She adapts to her new home. Her feelings for the fairy, Tamlin, transforms from icy hostility into a fiery passion that burns through every lie she's been told about the beautiful, dangerous world of the Fae. But something's not right in the fairy lands. An ancient, wicked shadow is growing, and Feyre must find a way to stop it, or doom Tamlin and his world forever. So, 
my dogs are barking again. I apologize. <laughs> so the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, also referred to Akatar for short because that's a very long title. Um, the series is a five book fantasy romance series. So it's a fantasy first and foremost, but then like a, it's a romance at its core. So the first book is a sort of Beauty and the Beast retelling, which there's a bajillion of those out there. But this one becomes a bit more interesting as more characters and twists, I don't want to give too much away, are introduced as the series goes on. I I cannot recommend this book series enough, you guys. Sarah is such an amazing writer. Her characters are interesting and very well-rounded, um, relatable. Some of them are very lovable. Some of them are not so lovable. And she does a really good job about making you feel that way about the characters um the world building and the lore is fucking spectacular like <laughs> i i i just it's it's so like okay it's amazing because it's so in depth and well thought out but it's also not going to completely overwhelm you to where you feel like you need to like have you know an appendices to keep up with all this shit if that makes any sense like the lore is very deep, but it's easy enough for you to keep up with, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Because there are some fantasy series that are, you, you kind of, it's a commitment. Like you gotta, it's, it's, it's a lot <laughs> to keep up with, with all like the, the places and the people and the creatures and the stories and the characters and the plots and the relationships. It can be a lot, but Sarah, does a really good job of taking that and making it feel like it's not a lot. So I, I just, I love that. And the story itself and the plots are very well written and thought out. Um, this series really got me back into reading. Like I was reading books before this, but not like super frequently. Like I would just kind of pick up a book here or there, maybe once a month. Um, but then I read the Akatar series and I basically have been reading since then, like back to back. So um, it also made me really passionate about fantasy series. Prior to this, I hadn't really read a lot of fantasy. It wasn't really something I was interested in because they just seemed like, like they, I was kind of scared of them because <laughs> it's a lot, like it's a lot of information that you have to learn and keep in your noggin. But I just, like I said, Sarah does such a good job about making it easy to read and easy to understand and easy to digest and enjoy to where you're not spending so much time trying to remember like, okay, this city is on this part or this court is above this court or this person doesn't know this person, but they know this person and this person has these magical abilities. Like she makes it very easy to keep up with all of it. Now, the only caveat is that these books are a little long. Um, like the first book is like 400 pages, I think. And the fifth book in the series is like, 700-ish. Um, as much of an amazing writer as Sarah is, your girl does get a little bit long-winded. Um, so you do have to have, you know, some patience and stamina to get through that. But if you enjoy reading longer books, this, this would be the series for you. As I mentioned, this series is a romance at its core. The spice and the sex is more, there, there, it does have spice. However, it's more prevalent as the series progresses. Um, so just be aware of that because by the final book, by book five, A Court of Silver Flame, 
it's about like four to 4.5 out of five peppers on the spice scale. It's a lot. Um, so just prepare yourself for that. I've had friends that have read this series and it didn't bother them. I have had some other friends who read the series and that was the one thing they didn't enjoy was all of the sex scenes. And so they just kind of skipped past them. Um, but they don't like, you can skip them and it's not going to like take away from the plot, if that makes sense. So I just, I, I, I could go on and on about the Akatar series. <laughs> I really could. And it's really cool because um, there's basically what's considered, and I'm going off on a tangent, so I'm so sorry, but I have friends who have read these books before. So Sarah has basically what's kind of referred to as a Sarah J. Moss universe. Think of it as... <laughs> Think of it kind of as the Marvel Cinematic Universe for fantasy books. So, yes, you have the Akatar series. You also have her Throne of Glass series and her Crescent City series. I have not read all of them. Um, I'm taking a break from Throne of Glass. I have not started the Crescent City series yet. But from what I understand, there's some like references and crossovers. I don't know the details of that. Um, I just know that they're kind of intertwined a little bit and she has hinted that her future books are going to explain that a little bit more so i just i if you want a very good fantasy series get the accord of thorns and roses series or if spice is not your thing if you're like i don't want to read that that's fine that's totally okay you read what you want to read if you want to read a fantasy, another fantasy series by her, um, the Throne of Glass series is really good. Um, the Throne of Glass series is a little bit more young adult uh, because the main character in that series is like 16 or 17 when the series starts. So that one doesn't have, I don't think that one has hardly any spice. I don't know about the Crescent City series. Um, but if you want a good introduction to Sarah's writing and you don't want to have the spice, I would then recommend the Throne of Glass series. But if spice is not a problem for you, A Court of Thorns and Roses series, read it, enjoy it. You can thank me later. So I hope you guys enjoyed this list. I tried to keep a good variety of genres in it and I tried to keep it a decent length. I am sad to admit that I'm currently taking a bit of a break from reading. As I mentioned with that last recommendation, I had been reading the Throne of Glass series, but I paused because I have been reading like back to back series, basically. <laughs> like I'm either reading a Sarah J. Moss series or I'm reading like another book series, just like back to back. And my brain, it's a lot for my brain. And I just needed a break. <laughs> so I'm taking a little bit of a reading break right now. I'm currently not reading anything. I did go to my local library last week and I picked up some standalone books. Standalone books, meaning books that are not part of a series. And they've been on my TBR for a while and my library had them. So I just, I went and grabbed like three books. And most of the books I own either physically or have on my Kindle or have on Kindle Unlimited are either part of a series <laughs> or they're like a thriller or they're a romance or they're like true crime. And I get this, I get into this habit of getting kind of stuck in a rut where I'm only reading fantasy, romance, thriller, true crime. So I needed a break from those genres. <laughs> so I got some books from my library, a little bit of a fresh air. And when I do decide to start reading, <laughs> um, I'm planning to read Once in Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow. It's a historical fiction with a little bit of fantasy sprinkled in. I'm, I'm really excited to start it because I just need, I just need a break. That's where I'm at. <laughs> so maybe my next episode will be a review of 
once in future witches. I will let you know. I'm thinking that it might be because just based on the synopsis, I have a very strong feeling that I'm going to love this book. On the topic of my next episode, episode seven probably will not be posted next week, but rather the week after. As I've mentioned before, I'm a teacher and I go back to work for in-service next week. And then the week after that, the kids come back. So my plan right now is to record and edit on the weekends when I can and then post every other Monday. So if I stick to that schedule, (laughs) episode seven would be posted on Monday the 8th. That gives me enough time to like record and edit and figure out what I'm going to be talking about. Also, some important updates. I have social media accounts now for the podcast and they all have the same handle. (laughs) Before that, they like I either didn't have an account or it didn't all have the same handle because it's shockingly very difficult to make all your social media handles uniform. So you can find the podcasts Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter by searching at Broke Bookworm PC. On a lot of the sites, <laughs> Broke Bookworm was already taken, <laughs> which was why I was having a hard time getting them to all be the same username. So I just added PC because it's a podcast, podcast PC. I don't know. It's dumb, but it worked. It works. So I also changed my Goodreads URL to goodreads.com forward slash Broke Bookworm PC. So everything is uniform. So you can find the podcast anywhere by searching Broke Bookworm PC. Yay me. The Goodreads account is still my personal Goodreads account. Please feel free to follow it or add me as a friend. You can see what other books I'm reading, reviews I've given books, all that fun information. So I know this episode was a little bit short, but like I said, I'm on I'm on a little bit of a time crunch because I'm going to get kicked out of the recording room slash office in about an hour. So until next time, dear listeners, stay safe, make good choices and read a book. I will talk to you guys later. Bye.